these are to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show. Boy, am I pumped about this one because it's about getting creative with your roster and being able to build the best 53-man roster you possibly can. And I think the 49ers have some ways to get creative to potentially keep guys that you would normally think they couldn't. And they have to get creative because they've had some injuries, especially at the wide receiver position, where they're going to have to get creative how to keep these guys. Normally, you like to keep it pretty balanced. 25 guys on offense, 25 guys on defense, and then three specialists. Uh, that got a little bit more complicated with all teams looking to potentially keep three quarterbacks where normally they would keep two on the roster. It kind of leaves one opening that you would normally have to keep an extra defensive lineman or an extra offensive lineman, and it makes it more difficult to do so. Uh, so the 49ers are going to have to be, get creative, and I'm going to go through how I think this roster breaks down right now. They had just what we're talking about, how I in, have heard uh, Kyle Shanahan talk, how I've heard Steve Wilkes talk, John Lynch, how they want to build this roster, and then some of the creativity they can do to be able to use some of the veteran players on their team. I'm going to use past experiences as examples of how the 49ers can kind of go through and creatively manipulate the, the, the roster to be able to get the best players that they could possibly get. So let's start at the quarterback position. I think this one's pretty clear cut. Uh, it doesn't really matter which order you have the last two guys, only that you're going to have these three on the roster, and that's Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, and Sam Darnold. Those three guys are going to be on the football team in 2023. I think it just makes a lot of sense. You want to make sure that, hey, if Brock Purdy goes down, you still have two capable backups. You're a little gun shy from what happened uh, last season. So this gives you an opportunity to make sure you are absolutely stacked to the position. You throw in the fact that as far as financially, uh, under $15 million between the three quarterbacks, one of the cheapest overall quarterback rooms in the entire NFL. So I think you're feeling pretty good about your quarterback room, those three guys, and I don't think it's really up for much debate. So Brandon Allen would be the guy I would see on the outside. And I think just looking at the playing time that he's gotten, I think that it's pretty clear that they like Brandon Allen, uh, but compared to the other three guys, I just don't think he holds a candle. I think he is a career backup, and I think the other three guys have starting potential and capabilities. So you roll with those three young guys uh, that, that can get it done. And then at the running back position, I think there is some real clarity in the running back position as well, especially once the 49ers moved away from the undrafted free agents, Ronald Awad and Kalen Laburn. Uh, and then now you have the injury to Jeremy McNichols. It even got even more clear. They're going to keep four tailbacks and a fullback. And I know a lot of people have been talking to me about Jack Coletto, and I'll get that into that a little bit. Um, Christian McCaffrey, of course, Elijah Mitchell. And I know a lot of people have concerns about his injuries, and I think that's you know worth it. I mean, you can definitely think about his injuries, and I think it's an okay argument to have. Uh, but he's coming off an adductor. They expect him to be fully healthy for the season. So he's going to be running back to Jordan Mason and Ty Davis price. I think right now Mason's ahead of Ty Davis price on this depth chart uh, because of Ty Davis price inefficiencies in pass blocking. 
He was better in pass protection. I think he'd be giving Jordan Mason a real uh, run for his money. But I think right now, Jordan Mason's a more complete running back. And I think that Ty Davis Price has got some work to do. I also take into account Jordan Mason's ability on special teams. That ability on special teams gives him a distinct advantage over Ty Davis Price. And the 49ers on their active uh, 53-man roster may carry five total running backs, including Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, but as far as on your game day roster, normally you carry three tailbacks and a fullback. And I think right now, Ty Davis Price will be inactive for most of the games early on in the season, minus there being an injury. But I fully expect the 49ers to be healthy at the running back position. And of course, Kyle Juszczyk's the fullback. As far as Jack Coletto goes, I hope with everything, the 49ers can keep him on the practice squad uh, just in case something happens to Juice. You could elevate uh, Jack Coletto. Plus, I think with the way Juice's contract is constructed, there is an out at the end of 2023. Do I think Jack Coletto is on the level of Kyle Juszczyk right now? For sure not. Uh, but I see a lot of potential in Coletto. He's so smart. He works so hard. Uh, to me, somebody the 49ers would love to hold on to. I just don't know if there's going to be a team around the league that sees his potential that maybe doesn't have the type of roster the 49ers have, and they go pluck him before the 49ers can get him to the practice squad uh, by waving him. Because if you don't have four seasons in the NFL, you have to clear waivers. So that means Jack Coletto and a lot of young players would have to clear waivers. That's why you can't try to even just uh, wave a guy like Ty Davis Price and be like, oh, we're going to put him on the practice squad. He probably won't make it. If Trey Sermon got picked up and claimed by the Eagles last year and they were a Super Bowl caliber roster, then you know Ty Davis Price will have somebody interested, especially a running back depth needy team that would just sit, put him on their roster and work with him and see what they could get out of him. So I don't think that young players like that are always an option even though it usually makes the most sense. So here we go. Wide receiver position. Now it gets really fun because you have Ray Ray McLeod and you have Danny Gray. And I've started hearing people talk about, hey, you just waved Danny Gray. He's injured all the time. Well, that's not really accurate, right? He dealt with a little bit of a groin injury. And then he had the shoulder where he got hurt going out of bounds. Those are unfortunate uh, but you don't penalize a player for that. Does it make it more difficult to get him on the active roster? Yes, but here's how you handle the wide receiver position. Number one, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, Jawan Jennings are absolute locks. That's You have those three guys for sure. Then you ha you're going to keep uh, Ray Ray McLeod. There's no way you're moving on from Ray Ray McLeod. He's going to be back early on in the year. He is by far your number one return guy. You can count on him. Plus, we've seen his dynamic ability to catch screens and take those to the house. And he's proven to be a very good safety net for uh, 49ers quarterbacks, not to mention you throw in the fact he can run the football so he can handle a little bit of the Debo role. So too much versatility for Ray Ray. He's going to be on the San Francisco 49ers roster. So now the question is, how many wide receivers do you keep? Well, I think they're going to keep six because I think Ronnie Bell has earned him a spot on this roster. Here's why. With the way that Ronnie Bell has played during the preseason, I don't believe he would clear waivers. There are teams in this league that would love to have a player like Ronnie Bell on their roster. The grittiness, uh, the way he goes after it, he's going to get better in the areas where he struggles. He is a find in the seventh round. There are teams in the 49ers' own division that are absolutely looking for a player like Danny Gray and Ronnie Bell. So I think Ronnie Bell makes the team, and I think Danny Gray makes the team. 
I think Danny Gray is going to be on the 49ers active 53-man roster on August 29th. What I think is shortly after that, he's going to be put on IR. And I think there's a opportunity for the 49ers to create a roster spot early on in the season by putting Danny Gray and Ray Ray McLeod on the practice squad. Uh, I'm sorry, on the injured reserve. So here's how you do it. By putting those guys on the IR, yes, you only get so many times you can bring players back, uh, but you put these guys on the IR, and then you're able to free up two roster spots. So it went from having six wide receivers to having four. The only way you're able to do that is if you have veteran players that don't have to clear waivers. And the 49ers have a couple of guys that don't have to clear waivers that they can for sure keep. And the number one guy on there is Chris Conley. And I think the 49ers will tell Chris Conley, hey, here's what's going to happen. We're going to keep these guys on the active roster. We're going to release you. Difference between release and wave. Wave, you have to clear waivers. Release, you're, you're fine. And Conley's been in the league long enough. You release him. 49ers release Chris Conley. And they tell him, hey, we will sign you as soon as we get Ray Ray, Danny Gray, or you know whichever one it is, or both, onto the injured reserve. Once we do that, we're going to sign you to the contract and we're going to kick you an extra nickel for doing so. 49ers did the same thing with Tyler Croft last year. They released Tyler Croft. Once everybody got to IR, he came back. And I think the 49ers could easily do that with Chris Conley. And here's where they get creative with getting a roster spot back is they also, when they release Willie Sneed, they signed Willie Sneed to the practice squad. Willie Sneed spent a lot of time on the 49ers practice squad in 2023. So you go ahead and you put Willie Sneed on there, and then you elevate Willie Sneed in week one versus Pittsburgh, and he handles your punt and kickoff return duties. There's a veteran that you know uh, you can trust to get it done. I'm not even saying that Ronnie Bell is uh, active for the 49ers' first game against Pittsburgh. I think he's on the team, but I think you could count on Chris Conley and Willie Sneed uh, in that situation. So we'll see. I would love to see Ronnie Bell play. That's going to come down to where the coaches feel he is. But I'm looking at an opportunity here where you have five players, five receivers on the active roster. You sneak two of them uh, to your IR, and then you use the practice squad with Willie Sneed, who was able to pretty much stay on the 49ers practice squad all year, which means he should be pretty safe. And then you just elevate him. I think that's a way, a workaround to be able to keep Danny Gray, keep Ronnie Bell, and be able to have a good wide receiver room as far as depth heading into week one. So that's a little bit of the creativity with how you build your roster. And I think at tight ends, it's going to be very similar. This is another way you're going to have to be creative because finding roster spots for players you don't want to leave is the name of the game. You're going to run a risk if you release a a young guy and uh, you wave him and all of a sudden he can get claimed and you don't want that to happen. So I have been saying, and this is where I'm going to have to change it because I want to keep somebody else at another position. But I'm going to throw this out there that this is one of the least confident I am as far as how the 49ers build it. There's still an avenue where the 49ers keep four tight ends. But I think what they're going to end up doing is keeping three. I think they're going to keep George Kittle. They're going to keep Cameron Latu. And they're going to keep Braden Willis. I don't think they can afford to waive Cameron Latu or Braden Willis. Uh, Yeah, there's a potential that maybe somebody hasn't seen enough of Braden Willis but I think there were people out there that were excited about Braden Willis, and I'd be afraid that he would get claimed. So I want to go ahead and keep Latu and Braden Willis. Now here's where it gets interesting and dicey is if you really like Charlie Warner, you can't waive him because he does not have the four accrued seasons. He can be claimed. 
So if somebody's looking for a blocking tight end, and we've seen other teams go and grab 49ers blocking tight ends before, they could grab him. A team that runs a similar offense, like the Houston Texans or the New York Jets or the Miami Dolphins, could go grab a Charlie Warner knowing that he could be a solid blocker. The only reason you can go it this way is if you believe that you can bring in a fourth guy on your practice squad like a Ross Dwelly or a Troy Fumagalli, or you think Warner can make it. If Warner can make it, you sign him to the practice squad, and whoever you sign to the practice squad is active and is your tight end to week one at Pittsburgh. So, I mean, the 49ers will probably bring two guys back. I think if they had a choice and Warner cleared waivers, you bring Warner back to the practice squad and you bring Ross Dwelly to the practice squad. And I think you roll with those two guys. Dwelly doesn't have to clear waivers. He's going to be released. You can bring him back. That's why I believe he won't be on the active 53-man roster when they first uh, send in the totals. Uh, He could end up on the roster or he could end up on the practice squad, which I think is the most likely because there's been so many opportunities for Ross Dwelly to go out and get another a spot on another team, and he keeps coming back to San Francisco. So my belief is he probably isn't as valued around the league as maybe a 49er fans have valued him in the past. So I think they're going to have to get creative with this, but they can't afford to lose Latu or Willis because I think both of them have showed potential. Latu especially in the Broncos game, but I think Braden Willis has been the model of consistency, and he's a very talented guy who I believe at some point during the season – could put it together and really be a well-rounded tight end. So I think the 49ers want to keep it. They could run a risk of losing Charlie Warner. And I know for a lot of people, they'll be like, ah, it's just it's just Warner. Uh, but the reason you don't want to do that is because he's such a, uh, such a great blocker. And I think you just can't afford to lose a great blocker like that because Latu and Braden Willis are definitely not at that level. And you can't afford to have George Kittle go down and be starting Latu or Willis. You have to make sure you have a good tight end to be able to step in. And I think that's Dwelly or Warner and maybe both who could end up on the 49ers practice squad. Offensive line. I have the 49ers keeping eight. And this was a really tough decision, but you got your starters, Trent Williams, Aaron Banks, Jake Brendel, uh, Spencer Burford, and Colton McKivitz, who are a very good starting five. Yeah, you're getting, of course, you know, there's a, the the things you're going to give up, right? A little bit of size with Jake Brendel, you know, the the unknowns about Colton McKivitz. Uh, but I think overall, it's a pretty good starting five. Then John Feliciano is your first backup. He's been very solid in preseason. I'm sorry, very solid in training camp. Had some question marks in preseason, but he started 15 games for the playoff uh, New York football giants last year. So he's a capable backup. Is he going to have mistakes? Yes. Uh, But you're talking about a sixth offensive lineman on a football team. I think John Feliciano is a solid option for the 49ers, and I think he does make their 53-man roster. This one may be a little contentious, but I think Jalen Moore is going to be the 49ers swing tackle. He's been with the team the longest. He's had some good reps. I've liked him overall. I know he's had some mistakes. That has been Jalen Moore's M.O., But I think that Kyle Shanahan, the way he operates his offense during the season with his scheme, his shifts, his movements, uh, the creative run game that him and Chris Furster put together, I think it takes a lot of pressure off of offensive linemen. And that's why sometimes people are hypercritical of these offensive linemen during the preseason where you see them more in one-on-one situations, third and long situations, and they're not as successful. And then once you get into the regular season and you have scheme, 
they look a lot better because these guys are built on athleticism to be able to move around, to be able to block in the running game, and then be sufficient in the passing game. But the 49ers don't have a lot of direct dropbacks. It's a lot built off play action, moving the pocket, and those are things Jalen Moore can be successful at. And then my eighth offensive lineman is Nick Zakel. And I'm a little bullish about Zakel because I think that the 49ers like him a lot. I think he's made vast improvements to his body. I think Tim Ryan's comments uh, during the, the second preseason game about Zakel's ability, I think that maybe uh, he was a little, they were a little hypercritical of him in week one of the preseason. He did have mistakes, but I think he settled in very nicely in week two. And I think the 49ers still see a long-term potential and we're talking about a guy in Zakel, and you may think other teams don't have any interest in a young player like this, but he would have to clear waivers uh, to, to make it to the 49ers practice squad. I don't believe Nick Zakel could clear waivers. Of course, I didn't think in 2020 that Colt McKivitz could either. So there's always the potential that Zakel could be on the way out, but I think Nick Zakel's done enough to be the eighth offensive lineman. Now, here's where it gets creative. I would sign prior to the practice squad. And I would elevate him as the ninth offensive lineman for game day. You can do that. Uh, I would even be willing to have Matt Pryor be active with Nick Zakel inactive like they did last year. So uh, there is some things early on in the season that you could do that. You have to get Pryor to buy in. Uh, but he's a veteran in this league that's had a lot of starts. And he may be willing to let the 49ers kind of manipulate the roster and, and bring him in. I thought he did a really good job in the week two of the preseason. And I think he is in the mix uh, to make this roster just right now, this is kind of how I have it sitting. Doesn't mean after the Chargers game that this couldn't change and fluctuate. Uh, but right now, I think Matt Pryor's on the outside looking in because you have to be able to keep uh, some players at other positions. So you could free it up to end up bringing him back to the 53-man roster once you made some movement. And he's a guy you could definitely go to and say, hey, once you are released, just hang hang on there. We're going to make a couple of moves, and then you know we will bring you back. So he's another guy that I've targeted with that type of role uh, that you can go ahead and kind of use creatively. So let's flip it to the defense. And on the defensive side of the ball, I kept 25. Uh, it was very hard. There's a lot of really good football players, and I let go of a, a lot of really good football players. I, I didn't like it, um, but ultimately it was it was what I felt the 49ers would do. Of course, Nick Bosa, but they have to get him signed uh, for defensive end. Drake Jackson, Cleveland Farrell, uh, Austin Bryant, and Robert Beal. So I kept five guys on the outside. Robert Beal, we haven't really saw anything of. And I think that you know they could potentially bring him back uh, and have him inactive for games and do something with somebody off the practice squad. Or they could end up putting him on IR early in the year since he's been dealing with injuries off and on. During training camp, those are possibilities. So we'll see. We'll see if Beal gets out there for Chargers. If Beal doesn't play against the Chargers, I think he's going to be active and then stashed. I think that's what they'll do early on in the year. Uh, as far as defensive tackles, of course, Javon Hargrave, Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, and Kevin Givens. I kept four on the inside. It was tough to let Marlon Davidson go, uh, but I had to to be able to build the roster that the 49ers need to build with some position players that you just can't afford to lose. So what I decided was I was going to go to Kerry Hyder because I know Hyder is a 49er uh, faithful through and through. And I'll go to Kerry Hyder and I'll say, hey, Hyder, this is what we're going to do. We're going to end up making some roster moves and we're going to bring you back on the 53-man roster. But we're going to release you. We need you to sit back you know, for a day and let us get this handled. And then we'll bring you back. 
and we had no guaranteed money for you before uh, on your contract, but we'll throw you some guaranteed money on this next one-year deal that we sign you to. And then I think they try to bring Marlon Davidson and T.Y. McGill back uh, to the practice squad and and see if they can keep those guys there. Davidson, for sure, uh, even though I've liked everything Davidson's done, I just don't think he's out, you know, outperformed Kevin Givens enough to take the roster, even though I think Marlon Davidson has played better than Kevin Givens. I'm not sure the 49ers would move off of Givens. So this isn't exactly what I want. This is what I believe the 49ers are going to do. And so I think that's where they're at. And I think they feel comfortable with Givens. And as long as Givens is not going against a power run offense, he's going to be very successful against zone schemes. He's going to be able to create penetration and get down the line of scrimmage and make some plays. So uh, it's it's tough, but being able to be creative with your rosters is what you have to do. And I just don't think you can afford to lose a guy like Robert Beal, um, you know, at this early, just with the amount of speed that he has. You know, could they end up putting him on the IR? Like I said, bringing back a Kerry Hyder or Marlon Davidson, they definitely could. And uh, that could be an option. So the four years do run the risk of losing some guys. But when you have a roster this talented, that kind of thing happens. And we're already uh, waving a player like Kalia Davis, who the 49ers have said that he reminds them of DJ Jones. Now, he had the NFI injury. He was out all last year on the NFI, the non-football injury list. And then this year, uh, since about, I think, practice number three, he was dealing with a hamstring. The report is he's going to return to practice this week. But let's see what the 49ers do. Because the 49ers are definitely trying to hold some guys back, maybe not put any film out there, and he could be one of them. We know Cam, uh, or we know that uh, Darrell Luter Jr. is going to end up on the 49ers' pup list. They could have probably brought him back, but they're going to stash him. Could they be looking to stash Beal and stash Kalia Davis? Maybe they hope Kalia Davis can just pass through waivers. Uh, that's a possibility as well. So a lot of moving parts still. I'm not sure my depth chart is set in stone, uh, but I think this is from what we saw at, at training camp to what we saw during the preseason is the closest that I can get. Uh, to what the 49ers are going to do. At linebacker, I think they're going to keep six, and this has kind of been uh, where I've been headed to. Uh, Fred Warner, Drake Greenlaw, Oren Burks, I know he's hurt. He's going to be back week one. I think he's your starting Sam linebacker week one. Great on special teams. And then I think the 49ers go with the three young guys, D. Winters, Marcelina McCurry-Ball, and Jalen Graham. I think D. Winters, McCurry-Ball, and Graham have all looked fantastic during the preseason. And with Jalen Graham being able to take Mike linebacker reps, uh, he has made it so he can step in. They don't. They no longer need Demetrius Flanagan fouls in that role, and that was the whole goal: finding somebody that can handle Mike snaps because Dre Greenlaw doesn't do that. And now they've had it, so they had Aziz Alshire that handled that. Now they have Jalen Graham, and I think the 49ers would definitely want to reach out to a couple of the guys that they cut: Curtis Robinson, who's a good special teams player, and also Demet Demetrius Flanagan fouls. They don't land anywhere. You try to bring them to your practice squad, one or both. Uh, of course, you do have a rule. You can only have so many veterans, six veterans on your practice squad, so you have to make sure you have certain guys. Uh, but I think you could bring one or both of these guys back there. And Curtis Robinson was on the 49ers practice squad last year for a while. So to me, uh, that makes a lot of sense. And you just can't uh, move on from these young players. I'm sorry, D. Winters, McCurry Ball, and Jalen Graham, with the way that they've played during the preseason, there's there's probably a very slim chance they clear waivers. You just can't afford to lose them. What you're hoping is your top three guys uh, can stay healthy. 
But remember, that third linebacker only plays about 30% of snaps. The rest of the time, it's going to be your nickel corner, a uh, big safety, something like that. So I think the 49ers will be okay with that. Similar thoughts at the cornerback position. That's why it got tough on D-line. Uh, losing a roster spot on the D-line, maybe to keep a guy like Marlon Davidson because you want to keep guys at cornerback that you don't want to lose. And you're going to keep Charvarius Ward, of course, Diameter Lenore, Sam Womack looked fantastic against the Broncos. He's not going anywhere. Uh, Isaiah Oliver, I still believe, is going to be on the team. And I think Steve Wilkes' uh, comments in his presser today definitely echo that thought that he's going to be a big nickel or what he calls a Buffalo package. And then the four years should go to a couple of different types of nickel sets. Uh, one, maybe that's more predicated on uh, obvious run situations and one for pass. So having two different kinds of nickels, it, it could be a, a way that he wants to go about it. And if you keep extra cornerbacks, you can do that. And so I think Isaiah Oliver, yeah, he had the missed tackle against the Broncos, but I thought the rest of his reps looked pretty good. He was where he was supposed to be in coverage. There was nothing super shining about what he did, uh, but there was also no glaring mistakes either. Uh, Ambry Thomas is going to make this roster. I think he's looked good enough, and the 49ers aren't ready to give up on him. In fact, I think Steve Wilkes believes he's scratching the surface of potentially being a starter in this league. And then I just couldn't move off from Deshaun Jameson. As much as it would make a ton of sense for the 49ers to wave Deshaun Jameson and keep a player on the defensive line, which they normally like to build through, uh, you just can't do it. He's showed out. He showed some potential, and you don't want to give up on that. And I think Deshaun Jamison's a big reason why the 49ers never took Darrell Luter Jr. off of the pup list. He has the returnability, which I believe he's got to get better at, uh, but he's so smooth in his coverage. Backpedal, smooth. Uh, I think the one area that I found he could get a little bit better at is run fits, and not so much on the outside. He comes up and he sets the edge pretty well. It's when he's expected to have a more interior gap, whether that's a created D gap or a C gap. He sometimes doesn't come up there and make the appropriate play or sits back a little bit and gives the running back a little bit of an angle to be able to create. And I think those things he's going to handle better. You see Quantrez Knight, the way he does it, Taylor Hawkins, the way they do it. Uh, they do it at a higher level right now than Deshaun Jameson, but we really haven't seen anyone try to challenge him, and that means he's got sticky, good coverage on the back end, and he's doing a pretty good job. So I think he ends up making it, and the 49ers, you know, probably lose a defensive lineman where they would have loved to kept, you know, a defensive lineman. But it's what they have to do, and um, I'm, I'm sure at some point it'll end up paying dividends because Deshaun Jameson is a good player. At the safety position, this one's pretty clear. Tao Hufanga, Deshaun Gibson, Jair Brown, George Odom. And uh, to me, this was, it's, it's very clear because of Odom's ability. The only way it gets interesting, everyone, is George Odom has suffered the same injury that Danny Gray did. Now, he's way farther along in his recovery. It happened weeks ago. So he's on track to play, you know, that week one game. But if he ends up not being available, the 49ers could in turn put George Odom on the IR once he makes the active 53-man roster, and then they could bring back a Taylor Hawkins or a Quantrez Knight. That was one of the most difficult things about the cornerback position and the free safety position is I would love to have a more versatile player like a Quantrez that can play nickel, that can play outside, that can play free safety, but finding those roster spots are almost impossible. But I do think it's imperative that the 49ers keep Taylor Hawkins and Quantrez Knight really close on the practice squad 
because you're one injury away from these guys stepping up. You're one George Odom not being able to go from Taylor Hawkins or Quantrez Knight stepping in. I think they're that close to being NFL caliber football players. They, they've been flying around all through the preseason, and I'm really excited to see what they do in the last game against the Chargers. So those two are tough cuts, uh, but those are cuts you have to make. There is a chance that Taylor Hawkins or Quantrez Knight could be claimed by another football team. They are that good, and I think a team could claim them and put them on their active roster right away, but you have to do. But I think they could contribute right away to a lot of teams around this league. The 49ers are just so deep. I believe that when the 49ers drafted Jair Brown, that made it tough for Taylor Hawkins. I think that if Taylor Hawkins stays around the 49ers organization uh, for another season, he could be on their roster in 2024. I think with George Odom potentially moving on and with Deshaun Gibson potentially retiring, Taylor Hawkins and Quantrez Knight could both be on this team next season. Uh, that's just something I believe these two players are capable of. So hopefully they don't get claimed and they stay within this organization because if they do, they can contribute in 2023 and for sure have the opportunity in 2024. Now with the specialists, it's going to be Jake Moody. It's going to be Mitch Wisnowski and Tabor Pepper. I don't believe Zane Gonzalez can do anything. I'm not as worried about it as everybody else about Jake Moody. Um, I've seen him be pretty consistent at practice now. Of course, missing the extra point during the game is not what anyone really wants. Uh, but I think that, you know, that's something you're you're wanting to do. You're wanting to get those guys, you know, for sure. Um, you know, that can that can do something in the long run. And I think overall, I think that's where uh you you want this roster to be is with guys that can go ahead and help your football team. And I think Jake Moody uh does give the 49ers some options. And the one thing I'm gonna work on this week. Uh, that I really want to put together and kind of go over is the guys who I feel are absolute locks to make this team guys who are in the mix and then guys who are on the outside looking in. So when you guys are watching uh, the chargers game, you know, Hey, these are the guys to focus on because they're still in the mix and maybe, you know, look at some of the guys who are just, you know, on the outside and just be like, you know what? Um, let's just enjoy what they're doing and how hard they're working and the film that they're putting out, but know that they probably don't have a good opportunity to make the 49ers roster in 2023 and then I'll work to get all work as well on putting together a likely practice squad because I think uh, it's going to be interesting how the 49ers are going to build their practice squad and guys who maybe uh, you thought were going to be on the practice squad are going to end up on other rosters and then with it being a one cut you know all it used to be that they cut down to from 90 to 85 and then they cut down from 85 to 80 and then they went you know uh, so forth and so on until they got to 53. Well, now it's just one cut. August 29th, they're going all the way from 91 because they have Alfredo Gutierrez and his exemption all the way to 53. And that's what's happening around the league. So there's going to be a ton of movement. I think the scramble to sign players to the practice squad will probably keep most players with the organization at which they uh, had training camp with. But there will be some movement. Could we see the 49ers have a little bit of that movement? Potentially. Uh, but I think this is a creative way for the 49ers to build their roster in 2023. And uh, I, I really had fun doing it. But I think some things are probably going to change in the next week. You never know what kind of injuries are going to come your way. But you just continue to monitor and build. And I think the 49ers are going to have to get creative, especially with the injuries uh, to you know the, the wide receiver position, Ray McLeod, Danny Gray. But uh, thanks, everyone, for you know coming through and checking out the episode. I really appreciate it. If you're watching on YouTube, like and subscribe. Uh, does a lot for me. It pushes out the content. And 
so many of you have done a great job uh, helping 49ers Cutback grow. If you're listening on audio platform, you're listening on 49ers Cutback on Believe, which is available on all audio platforms. Please give it a five-star rating. I really appreciate that as well. And on Wednesday, you can catch me and Mark Adams from 49ers Camelot on PSF app. We're going to be starting our weekly show Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific time. You can come through and check that out. Uh, I'll be you know, posting some more stuff about that tomorrow and trying to amp that up so everyone can come through and check it out. PSF app uh, is is going to be blowing up this year. We're going to be doing a lot of GameCast stuff. I hope you guys will come by and check it out. Uh, thanks, everyone, for coming through. I'll catch you guys on the next one. Until then, stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.